if you want to get down to a $10,000 minimum, you're already at hundreds of people and it's manageable to manage five people on pen and paper. You probably need a couple assistants to manage, you know, 50 to up to hundred. And then you want to manage 500 investors. It's just not possible today. And that's what it takes to get down to a $10,000 minimum. This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today, we have Chris Morris. Chris is the co-founder and CEO of Redix, a commercial real estate investing networking platform that hopes to connect investors with commercial real estate syndication opportunities. He'll talk about the different types of syndications, as well as how the Redix platform can help investors learn more about syndications and how syndicators can get access to a pool of accredited investors. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the show and leave a review. We release episodes every Wednesday and Sunday and release the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com. Enjoy. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know what do you do and how did you get into it? Hey, everyone. So this is Chris Morris. I'm uh, the CEO of a company called Redix. My background actually is in a little bit in real estate, but really in, in technology. And so I've been working for the past 10 years um, in the solar energy sector. So this would be home solar primarily if you want to get a solar system, save with the sun, reduce your energy bill. Um, that product's been out for a while, but I was most recently working at a company called Sunrun and commercialized the first home battery storage system. So you can get a solar system with a battery on it um, and power your house through blackouts, avoid surge pricing. So it's really kind of a, a piece of the real estate puzzle, um, but really the tech side. And so what I've gotten into here now with Redix essentially is we've created an online real estate investment marketplace um, with the goal of connecting um, everyday people to, to high quality, double digit returning um, real estate. How did you even get into it? <laughs> Actually, it's a funny... Funny journey. Um, I was working in product um, when I was doing the the solar the solar business, and I have this knack for for seeing things that are just kind of broken in society and, and figuring out, hey, I should go after that and turn that into a business model. And what I came around to was actually buying a house. And I don't know. I, I think actually a lot of the listeners probably have bought a house before, but it's definitely a broken process. Um, you. First, you have to get to the 20% down payment, which is hard enough for most people, but the pre-approval for the loan, the compression in the buy cycle, everything's compressed into a couple of weeks and you don't really even know if this has been a well-managed property. You're kind of going on on a lot of gut for what could be a million dollar purchase. Um, and then you have all these hidden fees on the back end. And so I was looking into getting a home and I was like, as a millennial, I was like, this cannot be uh, the way that homes are gonna be bought in the future. And I started on this journey going into real estate and I kept researching more and more. And I really realized that the wealth gap in America comes down to whether or not you can do two things. And the first is, can you save consistently? And the second is, can you get into your first home? If you can save consistently and get into your first home, then you're a have. And if you cannot do that, you essentially uh, are a have not. And this is why the wealth gap is opening up. It's just increasingly difficult to get into a home. What I realized going through this journey though is, if we start with retail investors and start with homes, that has a certain scale. And when I looked at real estate investment broadly, really realized that there isn't even a search engine or a marketplace for even commercial real estate investment. 
Um, and so we decided that that was, you know, the better place to start was in the more mature market, bigger ticket sizes, bigger deal sizes, um, with investors who know what they're doing, but they still don't even have a search engine. So this just looked like an obvious, um, opportunity for us and applied, you know, my software and technology background, as well as my business partner, uh, John, who's not with us, but, uh, he's, uh, he's the CTO and I'm, I'm CEO. Awesome. Coming from that story, you have no commercial real estate experience yet. Yeah, so I, I don't have a wealth of uh, commercial real estate experience. Um, I actually think that's a, a strength rather than a, um, a downside. And, and the reason I think this is, um, if you look over history, if you look over history, uh, being good at something usually required you to have that specific skill. So if you're a really good painter, a really good carpenter, like if you're not from a carpentry background and you try and be a carpenter, you're going to be really bad at it. Software is not the same thing. Um, if you know how to do software and do software well, it's data fields, it's uh, social networking, it's e-commerce, it's all of these things. And those are much more uniform. Um, take Elon Musk, for example. He started PayPal and now he's managing Tesla, an automobile manufacturer. That's really a software-based manufacturer um, as well as a rocket company. Um, so I think the world um, is changing a lot from software and just from our our connection to, to learning where I think actually it's a biggest strength for, for our team is that we're not approaching uh, real estate investment from a real estate background. So that means while our competitors are looking at real estate as a legal and transactional problem, we're actually looking at real estate from a tech angle, which means we're thinking of it as data and community. And so what I mean is if you want to invest in commercial real estate today, that requires you either to know a, uh, a sponsor or go to a funding portal. And most people don't know a, a private equity real estate sponsor for commercial real estate. Um, or you go onto a funding portal and your barrier to entry is $50,000, maybe $100,000 on a website with a company you've never seen before. What we're doing instead is we're essentially creating like a LinkedIn of real estate. We're creating a community where you can actually go uh, meet other like-minded investors, talk to the underwriters, talk to the team, uh, leave a review of an investment opportunity. And so you can actually see right there what people are saying about these investments. And so your barrier to entry now is a post um, and you're networking. And then when you're ready to invest, then you can decide to invest um, from an informed position. So the barrier is, is no longer 50,000, it's a post. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is a very interesting conversation we're going to have now. So yeah. obviously the first thing that I want to ask you is, I guess maybe just go through the entire company, like Redix, what are you guys trying to do exactly? And you know, who are you really, who are you really servicing? Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. so um, we're in online real estate investment marketplace. And so I just say that again, because we're not in the deal itself. We're a true marketplace. So uh, commercial real estate developers, uh, sponsors, those who are raising money to buy commercial real estate and improve it or build it. Um, they're doing this offline today. And what we do is we provide a, a, a web toolkit for them to essentially digitize their offering. And so what that means is they have their PPM, they have their deal documents. Um, instead of being limited to only the investors in their Rolodex, they can bring it online to Redix, create their offering online, it forms a digital cap table. Um, it makes a web page where investors can see what the offering is, look at the deal documents, and you can click and invest right there online. 
So that's very similar to a lot of the other funding portals out there. I think uh, CrowdStreet would probably be the closest one um, because they do form a marketplace. Fundrise um, actually creates their own funds. So they are in the deal. We're not in the deal and, and nor is CrowdStreet. Where we really start to differ is in the formation of community and user reviews. So you can talk about our offerings. You can leave a high risk to low risk rating. You can message anyone on the team. Um, you can even form your own group. Um, and we have a meetup.com integration. So actually you can bring your meetup.com, you can bring your meetup group into our platform and you'll now have a message board um, and a group that can review real estate offerings. So if you're on meetup.com right now and you're using that community, we're simply joining that community, adding messaging, a message board to it, as well as um, real estate specific um, functions and then allowing you to invest right there as a team. My, my knowledge for commercial commercial raises is pretty limited, mm -hmm. but I have heard that unless you, I guess, register as like a 506C, you're not allowed to just publicly announce things like this. And also if it's a 506C, now everyone has to be an accredited investor. I, I mean, I'm kind of confused yeah. about how you guys are able to have this just open like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so um, I guess first disclaimer, uh, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, none of what I'm about to say is to be interpreted as like uh, gospel or as a recommendation or uh, legal advice. Um, do your research first, people. Do your research first. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But this will probably be the quickest into the most point um, explanation of accreditation um, as I know it to be. And if I'm wrong, let me know. Shoot me an email. Um, but essentially in... Uh, in 2012, 2013, through the passing of the Jobs Act, um, for the first time since I believe the Great Depression, we were allowed to rely on certain exemptions to market private securities to the public. And so what that means, a private security would be essentially shares in a real estate, for example, would be shares in a real estate uh, investment. So to actually offer that to the public, um, typically you would have to go and file as a public company with the SEC have quarterly uh, conference calls and earnings reports, so on and so forth, just like Tesla and all the other you know companies on the public stock exchange do. The Jobs Act was actually incited to to promote essentially business. There's four regulatory exemptions that are included, um, it, you know, now today. The first two that are, are worth mentioning would be Regulation CF, which is crowdfunding, and Regulation um, A plus. Um, both of these categories of exemptions require coordination with the SEC. Regulation CF for crowdfunding allows you to raise only up to 1.07 million. So unless you're raising for single family homes, this is typically not enough for commercial real estate. Um, Reg A plus requires a lot more diligence in expense with the SEC. And this is what I believe Fundrise is doing, where they prepare a fund and get that certified with the SEC. The SEC says this is an acceptable risk for the general public, and then they can market that to the general public. It requires you to be in the deal, though. The last two exemptions, Regulation S and Regulation D, those are what are, are starting to be more commonly used um, for syndicates. Regulation S is that you can market your syndicate to any foreign non-US citizen, uh, regardless of accreditation status. That opens up another can of worms, which is anti-money laundering, and you have all these foreign investors, and, and practically speaking, it's not used a lot today. 
it may be in the future. Um, and then the one that we're using and, and the vast majority of other funding portals are using is Regulation D. Regulation D has two options in it. And that's what you were getting at. So 506B requires that you have a pre-existing relationship with the investor. And if you have a pre-existing relationship with the investor, you can have an unlimited number of accredited investors in your syndicate and up to 35 sophisticated investors. A sophisticated investor is someone who's not high net worth, which means they're not worth a million dollars or more or make $200,000 a year uh, or more. But you could have a pre-existing relationship with them and up to 35 of them can come into your, into your syndicate. Um, you can have unlimited number of accredited investors in this scenario too, and you can actually rely on their self-certification that they are accredited, which means if they say they're accredited and you had a prior relationship with them, that's sufficient. In the case of 506C, which is what the crowdfunding platforms in Redix is using, you can only accept accredited investors and we actually have to verify your accreditation status. So it's not enough for them to self-certify. It has to be checked either, you have to make a reasonable effort, which typically means um, looking at two W-2s um, or a, a letter from your CPA, or you can look at um, the assets to ensure that there's more than a million dollars worth of assets. Um, practically speaking, we, we use a third-party service for this. Um, and so there's a, nice, there's a nice web flow. You can handle it online. Um, but yes, you do need to be accredited. Man, that's a great description of all the different <laughs> classes. I'm glad you brought this up. Hopefully that wasn't too much. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a can of worms. Like, it's, it's just not that simple. Right? I'm sure the newer investors who aren't familiar with syndications will have to re-listen to this part multiple times. I've, yeah. Thankfully for me, I've been through a lot of this before. So I, I, yeah. I have a good understanding of what you were saying. So for Redex's purposes, you guys are 506C and everyone on the site pretty much has to be an accredited investor. Mm -hmm. And when they decide, I want to invest in this syndication here, mm -hmm. um, you guys don't have like a minimum amount that you guys allow? Most of the offerings on the Redix site or all the offerings on the Redix site uh, require 506C to invest, but you can join our social community, join the groups uh, and uh, have the messaging board and all that kind of stuff um, without passing accreditation. And so... Again, we're really trying to go towards something similar to like the LinkedIn of real estate, like a, a bigger pockets attached to an investment platform. Because everyone mm -hmm. on bigger pockets, you have a million people talking about investment and talking about real estate. And then you have these totally disjointed investment platforms. Like let's bring them together so that you can talk about, you know, specific opportunities um, either in the past. Um, if you want to kind of go back and see what the historic was like or or live offerings as you're trying to decide if you want to invest or not. So I guess going back to the actual investment portion of it, mm -hmm. do you guys have minimums? Because typically syndications don't want to bother with an investment lower than $50,000. Otherwise, it's just too much paperwork to handle. Yeah, no, 100%. So right now, essentially, the minimum is set by the sponsor. And so we're a two-sided marketplace, which means we're not actually in these deals at all. When you invest online with Redix, you sign a subscription agreement with the sponsor directly. It's digital, it's e-signed, and it's all online and all managed for you. Um, but you're still making an agreement fundamentally with the team that is raising money and managing um, this offering. So to that end, the team sets the specific deal terms. So not only the minimum, but the entire private placement memorandum, the, the equity distributions, everything about how the deal is set up is determined by them. But I think there's a huge opportunity, and, and here's why. So with this online investor management 
solution that we have. It's it's built in and it's free. It's just part of the platform, um, really, because we have to have it, right? If we're e-signing documents, having you subscribed, we have to form a cap table. Um, you have to do third-party accreditation. So we built this entire suite of tools um, that sponsors can use uh, for raising money um, instead of investor management system. And so you're right. The reason why we have $50,000 minimums is you can imagine if you're raising $5 million, if you have a million dollar minimum, you need five people. If you have a $50,000 minimum, you have a uh, hundred people. And um, all of a sudden, if you want to raise, if you want to get down to a $10,000 minimum, um, you know, you're, you're already at hundreds of people and it's, it's manageable to manage five people on pen and paper. You probably need a couple assistants to manage, you know, 50 to up to hundred. Hundreds really pushing it. You have a couple assistants there, and but it starts to get out of hand. And then you want to manage 500 investors. It's just not possible today. And that's what it takes to get down to a $10,000 minimum. And so by creating a digital cap table, we have the banking integration. So it joins into the LLC's bank account, and we can see when money is transferred and who it's transferred from. And then when it comes time to do distributions and pay them out, you can say, okay, we made 300,000 NOI this quarter. You type in 300,000, you hit enter, and then it actually automatically does all the distributions in the fraction that each of those investors has in the in the equity stake. And so no more cutting checks. It just sends out 60, 100, 500 uh, ACH distributions um, to your cap table. So I think there's a lot of functionality we're building in there to solve that problem. But fundamentally, you're right. At a certain point, you know, managing more investors is more work. How can we make it? as easy to manage, you know, 200 investors as it is to manage uh, five, that would be that would be success. Right. Because if you think about it, it's just kind of like a mutual fund right now where they have all these dividends. They don't, you know, they don't do this handwritten based on their thousand thousand people subscribed to that mutual fund. They just have the dividend checks sent directly to the account. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly. how it should be for commercial real estate. But I think one big problem is that there's a big investor relationship part as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know what I mean, but a lot of the investors get nervous, I guess, because it's one particular deal. And so you have to have that constant right. investor relationship. I don't know if you have any comments about that. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. I, I mean, I think so if you take where we're at today and we look 10 years from now, so the way things are going to be done in 10 years from now are not going to be the way they were done in the past 10 years. Yeah. Um, if you look 10 years out, I actually think, well, let's go to today. So to today... Uh, I have to know a real estate developer. And once I do know one of them, um, I have a data point. And I don't really know if this is the right deal or not. Maybe I take their word for it. Um, I might invest and go find out. Well, to find out takes three to five years before I really know how that deal went. And if I wanted to cross shop, so say I know one real estate developer. If I wanted to cross shop, uh, I need to know four or five. By the time you know four to five real estate developers, you're in real estate. And even once you know these four to five, you can't really compare them in equal terms. So with the creation of this, this website and this online funding portal, you can look at tens of deals. Um, you know, that's where we're headed. And so you would imagine that, you know, instead of having to choose to put $100,000 into one deal where you don't have a lot of data points and a lot of comfort in the future, I'd imagine you'd be able to take that 100000 and put 10000 in 10 different deals. Um, thereby giving you a diversified portfolio, reducing your risk and, and really solving the problem you were talking about, which was if I have $100,000 in one deal, 
um, you better believe I'm going to be messaging this person all the time, right? Um, but mm -hmm. if I've spread across uh, 10 different deals and everything's transparent, I'm getting consistent distributions from them. I get an update in a broadcast message every you know month. Like this starts to check my boxes and it, it becomes a certain point where you know you really can create your own fund. Um, you can create your own own destiny based on what your investment thesis is and where you're trying to go. And that, that's just not really possible today without knowing, you know, tens or hundreds of, of sponsors. So I, I want to understand, it seems like your platform, besides being like a social network portion, the actual marketplace part is more like a, a congregation of all the 506Cs that are out there because yeah. if they have the 506C, they might as well go on Reddix to, yeah. to advertise as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, I mean, if you're already raising 506C, um, anyway, you've already created all these documents. All we do is we, we digitize that for you and offer it online. Um, and so now would be a great time if your sponsors out there and you're looking to raise capital, you know, our hypothesis is probably 60 to 70% of sponsors are, are legit. Um, and then there's probably a bottom 10 to 20%, which you probably don't want to be do working with. And there's maybe 10 to 20%, which are somewhere in the middle. We want to be working with, you know, the 60% that are legit. Um, we want you guys to bring your projects in and then we want the community to decide within that band of legit sponsors, what are the deals that win? What are the deals that we're interested in? And, you know, that might mean some of these deals are medium risk. Some of them are low risk and some of them are, are somewhere in between. But we, we want to have all those deals on the platform because we truly believe that the community will decide. Some people might want to take a, a, a riskier deal for the opportunity at better returns. Mm -hmm. right. And can you remind me again of the differences between you and your competitor? I said, I think you said that you know Fundrise they're in the deal. CrowdStreet mm -hmm. is pretty similar to what you have. Yeah, so CrowdStreet would be similar to what we have um, in that they do direct investment and um, they are a two-sided marketplace for the most part. The reason I say for the most part, um, CrowdStreet does pride itself, um, and they're doing a phenomenal job by the way so kudos to crowdstreet great great product great website took a lot of inspiration from them um, we just we have a different way of of thinking about it longer term um so crowdstreet though they, they do pride themselves pretty heavily in um you know rejecting 97 percent of deals i think they they have that as a quote somewhere and while i definitely do think it makes sense to do do the filtering and we're doing the filtering we're doing our due diligence we really want to provide transparency. So we don't wanna say, hey, we think this deal is good or we think this deal is is bad. We wanna say, this is a legitimate sponsor or it's not. And if it is a legitimate sponsor, we actually wanna have third-party reviews, um, either professional or independent. Um, sorry, either professional or amateur, which would be, you know, amateur would be, you know, anyone goes on there, they answer questions, they leave a, a rating review professional would be third-party underwriters. And so we want third-party reviews and we want transparency. And from that, the belief is then that investors will choose the right investments for themselves. So rather than saying, hey, I reject 97% of deals and these last 3%, these are good. I mean, you can't really make that promise. You know, I think you know, they recently had a deal go south. I saw it come in my, my email. It's gonna happen, right? And so we think rather than rather than uh, trying to, to figure out which, which deals are the best deals using lawyers and underwriters, we, we believe that the community can do a better job of, of that over time. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, like, think about what 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 other product, like when you go on Amazon.com and you're buying something on Amazon, it's five to a hundred dollars typically, ticket size, and you go there and you see a ton of reviews about this item. What fifty thousand dollar to hundred thousand dollar purchase can you think of where there isn't some form of review mechanism built into it? And that's the world we're living in today, right? You go up to CrowdStreet, you're kind of trying to rely on testimonials or like, I want to see direct comments. I want to see a conversation. I want to see um, what people are saying. I think it'd be hard to have a conversation on this direct deal. Probably better to have a conversation about this person or the company that's behind the, you know, the sponsor, right? Especially the deal, they have an open window of maybe one month. So it's hard to have comments during that time frame when nothing is really happening. They're just trying to close the deal. Let's see. So definitely past performance, past performance matters a ton. Um, and I, that's definitely what the majority of people are relying on today. Um, I do think you can get a lot of value, though, out of a, a if we had and we're going to do this um, two to three third party underwriters review a deal and they are professionals independent mm -hmm. of the deal and have a track record. I think the opinion of those two to three underwriters and what they think the deal will return provides a lot of value to someone who's perspective investing, right? That's true. And plus you might have some locals who'd be like, hey, I know that neighborhood, that neighborhood sucks. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I think a lot of the, I think the most useful comments would be, hey, I looked at this deal. Um, these are the three things I think it has going for it. Here's a one downside sensitivity that if you're sensitive to this and you think that this is going to be a problem, then you should not invest in this deal. If you have no sensitivity to this potential downside, then this is a great deal for you. Mm -hmm. I think that's the super useful insight that is just honestly missing today um, that a community can bring. Yeah. Yeah. And how are people doing 506Cs now? How are they like advertising their, their products? Yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting. So uh, when I got into, when I got into real estate, especially commercial real estate, uh, it's all networking 100%. And because you can't just advertise, you can't run down the street and say, Hey, want to get in on my deal? Right. You have to be talking to accredited investors. So it's a lot of um, meetup groups, uh, podcasts like this, um, uh, a lot of uh, talking about education, um, all of that on the way to building a relationship to getting towards investment or on the way to understanding whether or not you're accredited and then getting you to invest. And and so it's it's, it's inefficient. I mean, it's honestly just super inefficient. Um, and that's that's one of the things that we're, we're really trying to solve um, because being a millennial myself, I'm used to going online and clicking one-click buy on Amazon and having the, the product show up the next day. Um, this is, is, you know, really the opposite of that. And so it's a little bit of the dark ages, but um, there's also reasons for that too, right? I mean, it's really important that you form deals with the right team. And mm -hmm. so the the solution in our mind isn't let's get out and, and run a, a ton of uh, webinars which you know that's that's fine too but the solution is um let's provide the tools so that you can find the right team yep. and that's what that's what reddix is doing yeah and plus if you manage to make this like really this concept this is amazing right if you make this concept work now you have a whole network of accredited investors yeah how valuable is that yeah Totally. Right. If you yeah. <laughs> if you had a 506C and you know there's a place full of accredited investors, where, yeah. where are you going to push your stuff? Obviously in that same website, yeah, right? Totally. But platform companies are very hard to create, but you know, hey, if you can make it happen, dude, you're going to be killing it.
Well, amen, brother. <laughs> it's right? definitely hard to create. I mean, I feel like we got we have three customers we're trying to fulfill all at once. We we got to raise money from a VC for the company. We have to get sponsors on board, um, which I think we just got our third um, yesterday. So it's super exciting. Um, get sponsors on board. And then once you solve those two things, now you're off to the races and you're trying to get all these investors in. And then as soon as you get those investors in, you need more money. So you go back to the right. So it's like you're always balancing these three customers. But if you can do it, um, the the amount of change we can have together in real estate through forming a community and getting people into these high, high yield, high returning properties is um, it's amazing. It, it really is. And now is a great time actually to get into if you're if you want to invest or if you just want to join a new community and be at the start of a brand new community. This is a really good time um, because. We do have uh, we have these user groups. We have these reviews. We also have a news feed. And so while you're reviewing in the group and you're discussing and you're creating topics, um, kind of like bigger pockets, you have you know reputation. So you have likes, you have number of posts, etc. Well, there's also an unstructured side, which is a news feed. And so it's delivered to you just like LinkedIn, where you can see what people are saying about deals you're interested in. It'll point you to other people you should network with. So if you say, hey, I'm interested in multifamily in Utah, it's going to uh, direct me towards other users who are investing in Utah or investing in multifamily, um, maybe even direct you to sponsors that are, are, are offering those kind of deals. And so all of a sudden, you're getting actually targeted um, uh, content. But this targeted content isn't there to get you to um, click ads. This targeted content is there to get you to invest, to get you wealthy. And so like that is, I think maybe the first time that there's a social network that is actually intended to, to, to build wealth. Yeah. I mean, people have created their businesses based on creating educational content on bigger pockets. Yeah. So if you can establish an authority type presence on this platform, especially one with so many accredited investors and people with high net worth, dude, like you're going to be, you're <laughs> going to do very, very well. So, I mean, what's your business model? How are you guys going to be generating revenue? Are you guys charging fees for members to join? No fees for members, um, so no no fees for investors. That is, um, or or members who just want to you know post and, and join the community. Yeah, no fees there. Um, we do take a technology service fee from the from the uh, sponsors, and so, I mean, I I wouldn't think of it as a percentage of the raise, but it's more like uh, managing customers costs money, managing investors costs money, and so we take a, a dollar fee per per investor that's managed, but it's charged to the sponsor. A dollar. Um, uh, 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 no, no, not one dollar. Okay, I was like, a <laughs> yeah, dollar yeah, yeah. is nothing. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, no, it's more than a dollar. But uh, I'm I'm confident that the 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 cost of our service um, is long term less than than our competitors, so less than CrowdStreet. And actually, um, for the first uh, for sponsors for your first raise right now, we're actually throwing those up for free. Um, we will we will charge something probably close to close to what would be the equivalent of 1% or so. Okay. Um, where we see it going longer term, actually, though, is as we um, grow, we we would imagine that we'd want to offer more premium services, you know, both to sponsors and investors. So if you're an investor and um, you're looking for, you know, hand-picked deals, uh, you know, Redix will probably offer that as some kind of subscription service in the future. And if you're a developer that, is only able to raise $1.5 million right now. And you're, you know, you're a legitimate developer. You have a bunch of projects at one, one to $2 million and you can't crack through 
you find an awesome project that's six or seven million, we'll help you go raise that, right? So as a premium service, if you only have enough reach to, to raise two million, but you have this awesome multifamily complex you wanna do that's gonna be five or six, and you got the right deal and you have the right skills, um, then what we wanna do is we wanna multiply your business. Um, and you know we'll charge incrementally more for that. It's crazy that we're talking about multifamily complexes or $5 million. Today I was on the phone with an agent and he was talking about a property that's half rehabbed in like Palo Alto for $4 million. Yeah. Single yeah. family house. But uh, just to be clear, I'm talking about uh, dollars in equity. So you, you're still going to go take, uh, so usually what you, in this case uh, on Reddix, you're, you're typically raising equity from which to borrow against. So right. uh, if you raise six or $7 million at a, at a 70% LTV, um, I don't know what that is, like a total total ticket size of twenty five million or something similar. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, but you're right. It's uh, the real estate out here is um, in the Bay where we're at is uh, is kind of ridiculous right now. <laughs> well, uh, think about this: someone is making enough money to be able to buy these houses, so yeah. there's opportunity out here for sure. Right? Yeah, totally. Um, so I guess walk me through the next steps for Redix, like. Where are you guys at now and where do you hope to be in the next six months or so? Yeah, no, great question. So where we're at right now. So we actually, um, fingers crossed, well, I think by the time this comes out, um, just secured our third anchor um, developer, um, our sponsor. So the first um, is a, a company called Aaron Developers um, on the peninsula here in, in uh, I think it's Mountain View. And they're looking to raise for... Um, they're looking to raise for a uh, apartment complex. And the second is a uh, hospitality group um, out in Ohio. And um, they got some offerings up too. And the third I can't list yet, but um, essentially we now feel like we finally have a um, good set of reputable, high volume um, sponsors out there, which is really the key, right? Like we got to start with high quality um, developers, high quality opportunities. Um, and between these three guys, they're, they're doing over a hundred million in equity a year. So, you know, half a billion dollars of, of project value a year. And I think they're most interested in our service actually one, because they see that, that times are changing and two times are changing. What I mean by that is, is that, uh, the future of raising capital, um, is going to be on the internet. Um, it's going to be a lot more transparent. And there's going to be a lot better tools for managing that. And so I think that's the first reason. The second reason that they're interested in us is um, those investor management services we provide, like having an online wealth portal for an investor. They're not really able to provide that to their investors easily today. And um, you can imagine if you have 60 investors on a deal, they're all messaging you, emailing you, calling you, even just the document handling for that is super annoying. And the fact that we can do it digitally and include it all for free um, is a is a huge upside for them. So super excited we got our sponsors on. Where we see ourselves in six months from now, yeah, I think what we wanna do is we wanna close out um, the opportunities we have on the platform um, quickly and prove that we can raise capital. That's like number one. Um, number two to that is all about scale. I would love to see a really healthy community regardless of whether or not you're investing, I would love to see users on the platform talking about real estate investments, getting comfortable, and then more and more as they're comfortable getting wealthy by investing uh, online. And so 
I don't have any specific numbers, but yeah, I think that's it's proving out that model and proving out that a that that networking and community can lead to um, better investments. It's going to be a very interesting time because this is when it's like you need to find a way to hit critical mass as soon as possible. Yeah. Right. Like I've tried to create startups in the past. My yeah. own personal story where I created a platform too. And I remember it was so hard getting like the listings, but also getting the people to buy the listings. Oh, and God, it was yeah. like like a balance. So definitely, yeah. you know, kudos to you for taking on that challenge. Yeah. And by the way, I think I might know both of those those sponsors, right? Is Aaron, Adam and Bobby? Uh, it's Navneet Aaron. He's, oh, it's not. Uh, he's on. Uh, he's there in Mountain View. I they, they so um, Aaron developers actually started from I believe flipping houses and has been developing single family homes and then started developing you know I wouldn't call them tracks of homes but they buy like a, a piece of land that they can put ten houses on or four houses on um, but oh. they're still not apartments um, and now they're they're getting into commercial so. Um, you know, they've hit scale. They've been around for six or seven years. And then you mentioned Bobby. You, Bobby so it's not Adam. Or... No, no, no. Adam and Bobby are, uh, they're called like the Valley Investors, but they're also called Aeron Homes. They flip here in the oh. Bay Area. It's not the same people, right? No, no, I don't think so. Okay, no. okay, cool. And then, yeah, the Cincinnati ones, that's like Daniel's crew, right? Yeah, exactly. That's Daniel's crew. All right, shout out to Daniel, first of all. Thank you for yeah. uh, thank you for connecting us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Nassau Invest and the Hospitality Group um doing really cool stuff um but yeah very nice how did you even get connected with these two groups uh meetup so uh well okay so actually my uh co-founder uh john who's our cto he was connected uh through a a, a networking circle uh to aaron developers our kind of first uh first opportunity and then i connected to D uh, daniel over meetup.com um you know, it was really surprising to me coming out of, of consumer products in technology and hardware um, and seeing that the way that real estate was set up was really a lot of it is done on meetup and in person and through networking circles. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's you know, our original hypothesis was not to include the community side and not to include the networking side in our funding portal. And we just... It, it just became obvious to us that if you don't do that, that you're missing uh, a lot of the point. Like commercial real estate, unlike single family homes, it's it's built in teams. Um, I mean, you have to have a team. There isn't there isn't one person who's good at property management, underwriting, uh, sending out tax documents, rehabbing the property, um, X, Y, and Z. Like it, it, it takes a full team. And so finding that team is super important. And it really comes down to that networking. And so trying to get into commercial real estate and treating it as an e-commerce product and a one and done, um, we just didn't see how it could be possible. And so that's why we added that functionality in really from actually just observing. Dude, networking is huge. I mean, think about it. If you're going to put down $50,000 of your own money, you're not going to just give it to somebody you don't know on the internet, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally. I guess we do that for stocks, though. So, hmm. <laughs> yeah, but but stocks are still it's public, right? So you have quarterly reports, and they're held to a certain standard by the SEC. Um, exactly. Yeah, we know Apple, exactly. we know Google, we know Facebook. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, um, you, it's just so much more of a nuanced offering. Um, it's not you're not buying a T-shirt, right? Like, you're not like, hey, I like this T-shirt, I don't. What's the quality like? Um, you're buying into a $50,000 to $100,000 commitment that's going to last three to seven years. 
And um, to do that in an e-commerce fashion, as if you were just buying a baseball cap is, is I just don't see how it could work, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I think that's why funding portals have not fully caught on. I think it's been a big buzz. People have been talking about it for a while and there's a lot of great things that have been developed, but they were all developed thinking about this problem as a purely real estate problem and not as a, as a, as a human problem, to be honest. Mm -hmm. By the way, where are you based? Uh, San Francisco. So not too okay. far. Yeah. Well, kind of far. I'm saying I have meetups in South Bay, San Jose. Oh yeah. It's kind of far, but if you ever free, I will come, come down, I will come down to your meetup group. And actually, in fact, uh, once we get the discussion board functionality finished on the website, I would love for you to bring your meetup into Redix and be able to, what it does is it actually mirrors your meetup group. So you don't give up meetup.com. What it does is anytime you make an event on meetup.com, it makes a copy in the Redix group as well. Cool. And anytime that you um, make a post or do anything in meetup, it mirrors it, but it adds additional functionality, which is now you have your own messaging board um, and your own reviews section. So as a team, you can review offerings and start commenting on them. You can also create topics and say like, hey, we had this meetup presentation where we had speaker X. Then you can open a thread and say, hey, I uh, wanna know what you guys thought about Speaker X's thoughts on multifamily syndication. Or I wanna know, is anyone interested in attending this other event with me nearby? And so it's like a, a web forum, right? Um, but that functionality, also surprising to us, doesn't really exist on meetup.com. You have something that's there to create a community, but you can't actually converse with your community. Um, yep. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I actually don't use meetup.com as my main way to communicate with my with the, with the crew there. Yeah, how like, are you? I, that that you're message board is pretty. Or... Um, yeah, I use email or yeah. I send out the messages. Mostly Facebook, right? I, most people I meet at the meetups, I add them on Facebook. Yeah, but what if your community could create community? Exactly, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like if they're creating discussions within the community, that'd be great. Yeah. And I think as the leader, I should be going out there to make them yeah. talk more. And yeah, definitely if we are on like Redix. Cool. Even better. Another way to, to talk more. Just another avenue. And, and, you know, like that's the way we're thinking about it. Like we believe that this is the next generation real estate investing product. It's up to us to prove that to everyone. So I want to know what makes your business tick. I want to know what investors like. I want to know how sponsors make money and what's going to solve their problems. And then I want to just add value continuously. And so that's that, what our mission is right now. That's great. And yeah. so what are the biggest challenges that you're facing like right now? Challenges? Um, there's not enough time in the day. I work probably 13 to 14 hours a day, six days a week right now, uh, uh, busting, busting hard on, on getting this done. And uh, it's really what I was talking to you about. It's we're looking for investors in Redix, uh, investors in real estate projects, and people who want to raise money in real estate. And you could imagine just the amount of conversations to figure out and, and confirm you have the right developers or to pitch a VC, an idea as complicated as what we're talking about. I mean, it's obvious to us in real estate in some ways that like you need networking and you need this investment engine. Um, but it's, it's not obvious to, to, to angel investors and VCs. And so there's, you know, raising money is a, is a tricky one right now, both for the company and for our projects and then getting the right projects on board. Cause we want to have the highest quality deals. We want to be a place, especially at the start, we want to be a place where, you know, when you go invest, you know, you were making a good decision. Um, and once that community starts to kick in and comes into play, then more and more we can let the community decide. Um, but right now we want to, we want to be 
double double tight on um, on making sure we have awesome deals. And do you have any last words before we end our show today? The the only last thing is you know come check out Reddit. Let us know what you think. Super transparent and candid. Shoot me a message. I'm on there. There's messaging on the platform. And let me know what you guys are working on in real estate. That's what it's about. I want to I want to make connections too, and I want to be part of that community. Awesome. So how can people get in contact with you? Yeah, so uh, log into redix.com and then my name is Chris Morris and you can look me up as a user and you can message me there directly. Otherwise, my email is chris at redix.com. So that's the easiest way. Cool. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing all of your information about, I mean, commercial real estate in general, but also on your exciting new platform that I'm sure will blow up very soon. Yeah, I'm actually, so what I'm looking for most actually right now in this moment is, uh, in six months or a year from now, having come back onto this this show, and I would love to have amazing things to say about the community. That would be. Successful. I would love to have you back yeah. as well. That'd be so exciting <laughs> to see your growth in the next year, right? Awesome, cool. Right. Thanks so much. All right, man. Thanks. Here are some of the key takeaways from this episode. In order to invest in a publicly marketed syndication, you need to be an accredited investor. The real estate industry is often an antiquated space. There's plenty of potential for new companies to change the way we invest in projects. If you want a head start, go on reddix.com and check out the site. If you can establish yourself as an authority figure on the platform, you'll get plenty of opportunities to work with a pool of accredited investors and syndicators. I hope you all learned a lot. You can find the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com. Thanks and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It'll take less than a second and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at seanpanrealty at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N-P-A-N-R-E-A-L-T-Y at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great day.